up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to the Modern Macho. This is your host, Juan Carlos, and I'm here with my boy, Santi. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're here for all the gentlemen that are trying to grow, that are trying to hold themselves accountable for their fuck-ups, and, uh, you know, face some of their toxic traits and be better men. Most definitely. How we doing, and today, dude, doing good. I'm fucking excited to have my boy Jaquil on here today, Jaquil Harris. That's right, so, that's right. um, I, I, you know, I, I need to give this my boy a good little intro, but he's actually the one that gave me my my cue stick. That that story when I talked about the cue stick, oh, and I was right. I got all uncomfortable because some, you know, my roommate gave me a fucking present that had my name engraved in it. You know, it was like it was a sentimental moment that I had. You know, with another man, uh, you know, with that being said, and like me yeah, just kind of having to like, oh, thanks. <laughs> well, what's up, Jaquil? How's it going, dog? Yeah, it's going great. It's going great. It was such a funny moment. I was actually talking about uh, about this with Diana yesterday. Um, we literally just like, do you remember when I gave Santi the pool, pool cue and he didn't know how to respond? He's like, yeah. <laughs> That was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, happy to be here. Always happy to be here. You know, and just kind of talk about these things that we talk about on a regular basis, anyways. You know, most stuff. Yeah. yeah so, and to, yeah, to give everyone like more of a like, dude. Me, I, I feel like I had such a great year living with you. Fucking. I mean, you know what? Like, and to be fair, like I, I don't think I've ever had a moment where like I lived with someone and like shit was odd or was like didn't work you know how there's always drama right you know yeah. with rooming you know I've thankfully I've never been in that position I feel like I've always had really good people to live with. and so like I don't know I, I like I, I find myself thinking back to that year just you know living with you and, and it almost felt like a you know because we were both going to grad school for the same shit at different institutions yeah. But living together as co-workers, as roommates, as, you know, so it almost like I, I felt like we were able to bond a lot because we had a lot of talking points, you know, because, I mean, if it wasn't work, we would just fuck around, talk about life, or we would just fucking put some on TV and just chill. Like, I mean, I watched the first three John Wicks with this guy or the first two John Wicks with this guy, you know, just fucking playing pool, whatever, you know, so anywho, like. Um, I just think a lot back to those fucking times I and mean, even all the conversations we had, you know, um, I, I, I felt very enlightened by you, but, um, I, I don't really have a question for you really, but fucking, I'm just like bringing it all up, just trying to fucking, you know, talk about my boy, but, um, but yeah, dude. No, those are, those were definitely really good times. And I think, especially talking about like, you know, working in housing and working with another person, you know, who's student affairs professional, higher ed, in a grad program that talks about these things, while also trying to just be normal, like, look, like, I'm a normal person, you're a normal person, I'm not going to filter myself, you're not going to filter yourself, let's get along, if we don't, we still got to work together, you know, um, <laughs> but <laughs> me, we, we definitely bonded since day one, um, and I think that's what made the experience even better, uh, because, like, I don't know if, my experience, you know, at the village would have been the same if that first year was with you, Diana and Erica and stuff like that as, as coworkers, but you as a roommate, um, because there was, there was definitely like moments where you're just like, man, this housing stuff is just, is just, I didn't have to vent about some of the things. It, I don't know how it would have went, you know, but uh, I'm, I'm super grateful for it because I've had some pretty crappy roommates in housing um, and just my, my career in housing. And I've had some pretty, pretty like decent ones, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed 
you know, working with you and, and living with you at the village. It was great. It was funny. And we had a lot of moments of like laughter and just like kicking it. <laughs> so yeah. Most def- no, yeah, most definitely. Dude. What's up, Carlos? How are you doing, dog? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, super busy week. Um, I got, finally got keys to my new place. So I've just been running around packing and unpacking and building and unbuilding and, you know, trying to get stuff cleaned up between that. And then, um, I went skydiving this weekend. So dude, fucking experience, man. Let me tell you, let me tell you, I I don't, I don't think, I mean, I don't think I've told you I'm bro. I'm I'm scared of heights. And (laughs) I said, you know what? If we're pushing boundaries, let's really push some boundaries here. <laughs> and so, yeah, man, went out there and the ride up was probably the, the crappiest part. You know, once they close that door, it's like roller coasters. It's like, dude, you're in. Yes. Like, this is going to happen. You know, oh it's God. funny because my brother, so, <laughs> shout out to my brother. My brother was one of the one of the people that came with us. So he was telling us that when, when uh, you know, you have your person that you're going to jump with when he was going to jump. The guy, dude, everyone on that, on that, uh, I think it was called, um, oh, I can't even remember the name of the place. It's out in Oceanside though. And uh, I think it's called, I think it's called Go Jump. Right. And so, uh, dude, the service was amazing. Every single one of the staff members there was great. They were, they were awesome. Like they made it a good time. And so the guy though, when we're going up top, uh, yeah, like my, my, my brother, he's talking to him. He asked my brother like, Hey, you nervous? And my brother's like, yeah, like. I've never actually been on a plane. This is my first time. And he's like, Oh, no way. He's like, Well, he's like, Don't worry. He goes, You're not, you're not landing on this bitch. <laughs> and like, and my, my looking at him like, Are you kidding me? They're <laughs> <laughs> really gonna fuck around like that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, let, let me remind you that when you land it's not gonna be in the plane okay? <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're gonna jump off this motherfucker right now <laughs> oh no but it, was, it was cool man it was cool you know i had a good time um, always always look forward to to ending my weekend coming back to to these conversations you know meeting new people jaquil um talking to you you know we, we don't know each other for a long time i i met you uh uh, one of our social hours actually yeah, yeah 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 and uh one thing that i really admired about you is i always felt like you were you were just like you were so open just being yourself like just you, so comfortable being yourself and and i appreciated that and i admired that um that dude and you got some firework bro you, oh, like, bro, you put out man oh dude i love it and and um uh, i guess so just kind of opening the door with that um i, I kinda, check them out I am which one is it? What's it? What is it? Real quick. Um, I am Jaquil Harris. That's there. We go. Go check it out. Sorry, Carlos. I told you you off. No, yeah. When we put that flyer, we'll make sure we we put all all this stuff out there. I know you got you got some. We'll talk uh, later about some projects you're working on and the things you're doing now. Um, I wanted. I did want to ask with uh, you know, like I said, I I really admired that you seem like you're very comfortable on your. In, in your skin in terms of just being confident speaking what you felt you needed to say and not really caring um i respected that a lot and so i was curious like ha- have you always been like an open open book was that something that you know over time happened or would you say that it's just always been there oh uh, that's a, a very good and complicated question at the same time <laughs> um first and foremost uh before i get into that uh Oceanside is my hometown. Uh, Go Jump is like some place that like we, we used to like drive by all the time. But that's like my oh hometown. really? Yeah, that's, that's my hometown. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Which is funny. Um, but 
Um, to answer the question, I guess it's kind of like a two-parter. Um, no, I was not always comfortable. Um, okay. Kind of like being this open. I used to like not really talk a lot. Like I used to be very like, I uh, just keep everything to myself and all these mm -hmm. different things. And I used to let a lot of people's thoughts get to me. Um, and I think I, I kind of grew out of that around middle school, um, going into high school, um, just with like really starting to write a lot more. Because before I used to write poems, but it was like, I was trying to pick up chicks, you know, I was like, roses are red, violets are Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, come on, girl, I know you like me, like, let me figure it out. You know? um, <laughs> once I got exposed to like spoken word and then like what, what writing poetry could really do for me, I was like, man, like, I'm writing these poems that are talking about how I feel, things that I suppress, and, and I like, and it, that made me feel like I could be open, right? Because like, mm -hmm. um, when you write like a fire metaphor or a fire just sentence, you want to share that with someone. Like, there's just something about it where you look at it and you go, oh, I got it. Somebody's got to hear this. Um, and then it wasn't until like, senior year to community college is where I, I finally was like, I can be as open as I can be without any repercussions. I am completely comfortable with who I am. I have no problem telling people about my likes, dislikes, wants, desires, um, toxic traits. <laughs> like I have no problem because I, I've been writing about them for the last five, six years, you know? Um, right, right. And then, you know, again in community college like spoken word poetry and that that community that i got involved in really pushed me to being even more open because they're like all right so you're writing all these dope poems why aren't you performing them on stage and i was like ah you know like i like attention but i don't like that kind of attention and then i mean that first time performing i think i was just like yo the attention's great you know and the, the validation after performing a poem is great but like getting it out is, is what really got me mm. to like, I can be open, open. Like I can like really be Separating. open without, without any fears, right? Because before it was like, oh, I could be open if somebody asked me. But now I'm like, I am willingly jumping on stage and opening myself up, right? And when you do that, it, it's a very, all right, what's about to happen? Because criticism's going to come in this world. like. People are going to like what you say. They're going to dislike what you say. They're going to not like your writing or they're going to love it. And uh, you got to learn to kind of block it all out and just be like, why am I writing? And I realized I was writing to be open. And that's what helped me. And that's what continues to help me is like, I write to be open with myself and it promotes my healing and it promotes like my awareness towards who I am as a person. So like when people have things to say about it, I'm just like, all right. You, you it know, doesn't like, hit the same, right? You take it differently. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, like, I appreciate that you tuned in and listened. And I appreciate that you have an opinion. But it's not going to change the way that I, I wrote the poem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it made me feel. Like, right, I'm right. connected to it. But, all right, you know, I'll write another piece in, like, 30 days. So it's fine. That's badass. No, and you know, it's, it's funny that that's the first thing Carlos noticed about you. I can't say it's the first thing I noticed about you, but it's definitely one of the, the most, one of the most impressive things that you've had on me is the fact, your openness, like you, your, your willingness to, 
to have the uh, have conversations with no stigmas tied to it. Have like just like, hey, it is what it like. You know, at least from your truth, it is what it is, right? And um, but I say that like specifically, just thinking about like, I mean, I I feel the same way too. But I, I, I also feel there's a certain point of where, where, where it comes to me being open, where I feel like it's challenging my masculinity. Because to a certain extent, mm. I almost feel like masculinity and, and, and being open to whatever, almost traditionally, right? I, don't, I think what we're trying to do here is reimagine masculinity and that it can transcend this. But just, just speaking in, in this fucking the world that we're currently living with the stigmas, the normal, the normalization that's going, right. There's almost seems to be this, this disconnect, right. That if you're o- like that, don't, if you're open about, you know, the possibilities on the world, that's almost challenging masculinity because you see a masculine person as someone stoic, someone you can't read, someone yes. you don't know what the fuck is going on. You know, you're very much closed. Do you feel me? And so, right. so how do you feel like, you know, uh, because, I mean, we've had a lot of talks. So I feel like, I, yeah. you know, I, I know you, dog. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. but like, you know, in terms of like your masculinity and how you view your own masculinity, how, how does that like coincide with you being open? And, you know, how have you, how has been the journey of mending those two together been ultimately? Man, I would say it's, it's been, it's been fucking difficult to say the least. You know, like, like, it, it, like a lot of people will ask me, especially when I write about masculinity, or when I'm writing from that perspective, a lot of people ask me, like, oh, how is this so easy for you? I'm like, you know, it was fucking difficult getting here. Like, I, I can't sit here and say that it was always like, oh, yeah, masculinity. I can write about my toxic traits. Like, it, it has not always been that simple. Um, when I first started to be open, I think one of the hardest things about it was being like, is this what men do? Like, do men talk about their feelings? So like I avoided writing poems that talked about how I felt. Mm. I would always write poems that talked about other things, right? Oh, mm. let me write a social justice piece, right? Let me write about race. Let me write about, you know, and then I'm like, if I keep avoiding that, that conversation that I need to have with myself, right? Am I really challenging masculinity? Am I even addressing it? Or am I just like, mm. I talked about how I felt about something and now I'm moving along. It's like, I think, the moment I kind of like saw the two kind of collide and I had to make a decision was writing a poem about myself and Mm. like really viewing that like, Oh man, like I can't continue to like try to uphold traditional norms for a man. Because if we look at what a man's supposed to be and we compare it to the things that I'm not or the things that I am, I don't know where I fall in line. And I don't really want to confuse myself in that, right? Because I think traditionally or even like, just if you look at me, right? Very hetero, very masculine. Oh, he likes sports. He likes, you know, like in that realm. But then you you get to know me and you're like, oh, he's like emotional. And like, he's not as hetero as we think he is. And all these different things. Like, I had to like collide with that and be like, you know what, you got to stop pretending that you're this quote unquote man and start really just speaking your truth and being your truth. And that's when it got easier. But it took me a long time to be like, no, no, I don't have feelings. I don't have feelings. I don't have emotions. And then being like, 
clearly you, you, you feel some type of way about this. Why aren't you addressing it? Why aren't you expressing it? Why don't you want to feel it? Like, why don't you want to process it? And I was like, you know what? I really don't know why I don't want to. And it boils down to, because I was taught not to. Like, mm. why have the feeling of, like, sadness or, like, the feeling of, like, confusion or, like, all these different feelings if, like, I consider myself to be a man? So, like, I can give you, like, the, the perfect example of when I had to realize, like, what the hell masculinity meant to me was like, I was writing about a breakup. And in writing about that breakup, I started crying. And I was like, holy shit, men do not cry. And if I was to tell any other man in my life that I cried while writing a poem about a girl that, I, that we broke up, I would get oh. reamed as a yeah. man. Like, I'll get called a bitch, soft, all these different things. And I had to like really come to terms with that. And so in that moment, I went, these are my true feelings though. This is how I feel. I feel sad that I break, <laughs> that we're broken up. I'm experiencing these emotions and I still am a man. Like I still am a man. So why is this an issue? And that from that point on, I was like, if I feel something, I'm gonna process and feel it. I don't really care what that emotion is. I need to recognize mm -hmm. it and process and feel it. And mm. so, yeah, I think that that journey, though, it was emotional roller coaster, like, because there's moments where I felt like I was just really on it about my masculinity, like, yeah, I can challenge it. And then certain situations will happen. And I'll be like, Ooh, well, I'm not willing to challenge it there. Like, Ooh. right. Like, <laughs> kind of like, it's convenient like to you, us. Yeah. Yeah. Like you challenge yourself in a safe way, almost. Right. Yeah. It's like I, I protect myself from like, I'm like, yeah. Oh, they're not gonna call me a bitch if I if I express my emotions here. Like this environment's okay for me to express my emotions. Right. And if I go into a different environment, I'm like, ooh, let me not show, like, let me not express no emotions. Right. Like it's almost like, like cold switching. I can yeah, yeah I, I can relate like to that. Switching. That shit's it's exhausting, emotions. dude. Like it, it is the same. Like it's something you put it perfectly. It's like cold switching with your emotions, right? Like yeah. I yeah. would go to funerals and be like, no, nah, I'm not gonna cry. Mm -mm. Yeah. And I'd be like, why am I not crying? This shit is sad. Yeah, like, most definitely. And then yeah. I would go to like other places where like it's acceptable to cry, like seeing a sad movie or like something. And then I'd be like, oh, this is my opportunity. Let me get it hey, all do, out. Do you cry in movies, by the way? Do you cry in movies, Shaquille? It, for the most part, I do, but... What's the last movie? I, Lion King got me. That's for sure got me. Oh, like, that fucking movie, dude. It gets that, everyone, bro. That got me. It, it's just, you know, he comes over, dad. He's just, I'm like, yeah. who, who put this in here, you know? Every time I watch it, I'm like, maybe this time he'll wake up. Maybe, maybe nah, he'll be nah. different. Yeah, it's maybe over. Like, ah, just playing with you, Simba. I'm really alive, you know? By, by the way, GQ, um, oh, dude, I think, I think my internet's a little off, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, so by the way, um, that cry that you, that you have stamped, yeah, that cry, dude, G Denise knows it now. She's like, what's that one cry here, Chiquilla, dude? And I'm like, she tries to do it, like, you're doing it wrong. You gotta go, ah, you gotta have more pain in that. <laughs> that is so much pain in that. That video is so sad. That video is sad, dog. Do you know, do y'all know the backstory about that video, yeah, right? A, um, like former boxer, right? 
Yeah, dude. He he beat he beat um uh Roger Mayweather for the title. He beat Roger, who was a bona fide champion, dude. Bonafide champion. This man beat him uh for the title. I think he lost the very next fight. I think he beat Roger Mayweather, or maybe he won it and then lost it to Roger Mayweather. I'm I don't actually remember now that I'm thinking about it, but anywho, and um, he ended up, you know, doing drugs and then ended up on that show intervention. And, you know, and, and when that meme came out, I actually didn't know he was a pro boxer. Um, the one who told me was Denise's dad because Denise's family, they're sick boxing fans too. And obviously her dad's going to go way back. And so um, I think he was one that told me back in the day and I was like, what? And I looked into it like his, because I didn't watch the show. I just saw the meme and, you know, but it's super sad, dude. Like that's a man who was forced to, to really go to the depths of what masculine masculinity means. Like you're fucking fighting for a living. You feel me? And then for that one moment, he lets it out. And it, that's how he expressed Like that's how much pain it's all pain, you know? Oh. A long stress pain because it was like yeah. you see his face and you see the cries about to happen, but then you don't you don't see that coming. You don't see that. Ah! Yeah, like, dude, that's real. That's a real no non scripted cry. Yeah, I dude. feel like crying and I'm crying and I haven't cried in a long time. So it coming out like that. Yeah, and and even one time I think I, I worded it like I think I was talking on this podcast about how I cried one time and I had said like oh I lost control of my emotions, and then Carlos kind of rephrased oh, yeah. it and was like no bro you're embracing, and it's, in that moment for that man like he had a lot to embrace like that you know you can only imagine but anywho not to not to get off topic <laughs> very sad very sad <laughs> you brought up something earlier that I really liked was um, you're talking about like you started realizing in yourself that you were normalizing those feelings. Mm. And, you know, you know, I actually, something that I feel like I've been learning in my journey is that like, I, I find myself at times thinking like as men, you know, we need to do a better job to normalize all of us, right. To normalize our feelings. And, and I've realized, man, that more importantly, it's like normalizing it for ourselves, you know, like not so much trying to get others around us to normalize how they feel, but like I've caught myself, I mean, even now to, to just be so open about, oh, I have I had a little bit of anxiety or like, you know what? I just wasn't feeling well or like, hey, I need to cry. Like, dude, I had a deep conversation with an old friend last week and I, I mean, I literally, they're like, hey, what's wrong? And I said, look, there's a shit ton of stuff going on in my head. I don't want to speak right now because I don't really know. I don't want to say something that's not appropriate. Just yeah. give me a minute. Like, I don't want it to ruin our night. Give me a minute. I have really bad anxiety. Let me write this down. And, but dude, I woke up in the morning and I was like, dude, that's so weird. Like, that, that's crazy. You know, like, to, to, that it's so normal for me to do that and to speak about it. Um, for, for my birthday, I actually, I put a, a post on, on Instagram about, um, you know, like just having a rough year. Having a rough year and um, being, being suicidal at one point. You know, and dude, so many people reached out and, you know, thank you. Shout out to everyone that reached out. I appreciate the love and support. Um, but like even deeper, like that was one thing that kind of like got to me is like, damn, dude, it's so unnormal for a man to say that he's having a hard time that like everyone is so concerned about me, you know? And, and, I, and I had to tell literally everyone that tried to call and text me. I was like, hey, I'm good. 
Like this is what I'm talking about when I say that we need to embrace and normalize these things because you know what? I think, I think a good amount of us too, we're good. Like, like we can handle ourselves. And unfortunately I think because we can't express those feelings, sometimes they build up to the point to where we're not good. You know what I mean? Like, like right now, dude, I feel like if I have anxiety or if I have a moment where I need to fucking break down, even cry, I could say and be like, yo, I need to cry. And I know that I got myself. That once I cry, I'll have my moment to feel like shit for a minute and I'll bounce right back. Mm. But dude, I, I look back now and when I didn't have that space and I wasn't comfortable with myself to express that, it builds up to the point where I'm like, shit, maybe I'm not good. Like I'm never going to get to speak about this and I don't think I'll ever be good. You know? Mm. Um, and, I, and I can relate a lot to, I feel like Jaquil, like you and I are really similar and like I'm a very emotional dude. So for me, like I'm, I'm a crier. Like if I get overwhelmed with feelings, I'm like, I just want to cry. I want to feel good. Like I just need to let it all out and I'll be fine. And, and I really struggled with, with embracing a lot of those feelings, you know, thinking that I could just like, quote unquote, be the traditional man, you know? Um, and that was probably the hardest part for me um, was just understanding that I was like, even songs, bro. Like when it came to music, like I was just, I could just jam out to like some lovey dovey songs, you know? And it's like, I was always in my feels, like whether it was, whether it was sad feels or lovey feels or happy feels, it's like, I was always like feeling all the damn time, you know? And it was like, dude, not only is, am I not going to be the man, but me being someone that is what I would, what I would consider myself because I was doing the, I made the mistake of always comparing myself was, I'm even more emotional than what a man that's not quote unquote a man is. So I'm definitely never going to fit the mold. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's almost like I felt like I was quitting on myself. Like this is it. Like there's not a, there's no place for me where I can actually just embrace how I feel. Mm. Wow. That's, I think a lot of that, you know, resonates where, you know, you have to like, I think the big part that resonates is like how un unlike realistic or even like normal sometimes it is to just be like all right y'all like i ain't having a good day it's been rough and then people go automatically to like worst case scenario um i think a lot of that is due to like us as men who don't really express emotions very frequently that people are like oh my god he's expressing emotions it means something's wrong like right right it's like yes like I'm expressing emotions and it's not normal to express these emotions and stuff like that. It's even weird for me sometimes, but like, I'm okay. I got me. Like I, I've, I've got, I got me. And then, you know, having to tell people like, Oh no, I'm good. And then they, there's still some skepticism with it. Like, I don't know. I'm going to still check in on you next week. And you're just like, right. okay, like, you know, like I'm not going to stop somebody from checking in on me, but like, I'm good. Like I've gotten strategy. I got some strategies to, to, to deal with myself, you know? And that's the hard part. It's like, when, when, what is the appropriate amount that you're supposed to express yourself so people can properly, you know, be like, all right, I can check on you because you've expressed yourself in this way versus like, you don't ever express yourself. So when you do express yourself, I'm going to check in on you. Like, because one becomes more like genuine, like I'm checking in on you because like, you know, you express yourself and I can feel and I can see that you're going through stuff versus like you are going through stuff because you said something and you never say anything, Mm. Uh, which is still genuine. It's just different. It's just a different type of care. 
Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I would always, I, I feel like sometimes I, because of my pride too, I would always take, like, I would get offended, mm. you know? Like, I would get offended if I was like, hey, man, you're having a crappy day. Too. Oh, you're good. And it was like, what? You fu- you don't fucking think I can handle myself? And mm. and the truth is, the truth is, I couldn't. I couldn't. Like, I realized that that was my trigger. Like, I was being triggered. You know, my pride was getting in the way of like, oh, man, people don't think I can handle myself. But that trigger came from the fact that I, like, I knew that I couldn't because I was trying to mask myself behind pretending like I was this tough dude that never cried, that, that knew how to be a rock basically and like not feel anything and made shit happen, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, and it's one of those things where like, I mean, even, even, even as fucking dudes who understand, like, I think we understand the, uh, you know, uh, we, we're understanding the complexities that it that you know that we have to deal with when it comes to emotions and all all the bullshit that comes with it. But even in, in knowing it, like at the end of the day, like sometimes it's hard to practice it because you know like everyone is For different. Sure. And and like part of me even thinks like I don't know if we'll ever really you know get there. And I think we've all talked about this. Like, will we ever be perfect? Well, you know, and like, does, does it look the same for everyone? And I mean, I think we all know it doesn't, right? It doesn't look the same, but then like, you know, when it comes to relationships, if it doesn't look the same, like, like if Carlos and me communicate differently and you communicate differently to kill our emotions, when someone says something and then the way we check in with it, it's going to look different, you know, but I think, at the end of the day, like fucking, I'll I'll just speak for myself, dude. I'm just grateful, bro. Like you know, I'm like I, I and I think that's what makes it even better. The experience better is that you have people around you who fucking get it, and it's not just you. Like, and even yeah, if you don't sure. get it, even if you don't get it, and the people around you don't get it to that extent, you at least get that you don't get it. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> like they're, like and they're then, willing. I think it's the willingness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's the flexibility. There's um, that open-mindedness, once again, that we've talked about. Because even that open-minded, open-mindedness piece to this, right? Because you have to be open-minded. This is shit that we aren't taught, right? And so, you know, once again, I, I, like that masculinity and open-mindedness don't really go hand in hand all the time you feel me it's a little it's kind of a crapshoot at best sometimes but um yeah um i wanted to ask you jaquil uh a common like topic that we've talked about like even through our guests and sort of stuff, we like we've brought up our parents you know what i mean like our and and like kind of like the the influence i guess they had on on us just being and so i mean i i want to ask you to you like obviously being as sensitive as possible, whatever the fuck you want to share, you feel me? Yeah. Like definitely don't put anything out, you know, and even if you don't want to answer the question, we could just recycle bin this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, in regards to my parents, man, um, I think that's a hard, not hard, right? You know, uh, let me give you my parent diss track. No, um, but <laughs> I think what's hard is um, the way that I grew up, and how we grew up, my dad particularly always worked. And so like displays of masculinity wasn't necessarily something that I visually saw all the time, unless it was like, you know, television or whatever. Um, So a lot of like what I've learned about masculinity was in terms of like conversations about relationships or, you know, just general conversations about how how to conduct daily business right you know we all hmm. get those 
conversations about like, all right, son, you know, when you get out in the real world, you know, it, so like, <laughs> would you say they were healthy conversations though? Um, for the most part, I would say they were healthy. Um, but one thing that I, I can say, um, is like my idea of masculinity isn't what my dad necessarily embodies. Okay. Um, and so, and I think that's just because I've, I've explored masculinity and I've kind of like dug into masculinity a little bit differently than I would say my dad has just because of what I've learned and how I challenge masculinity. Um, and then just like how my dad is and, you know, I think one, the older generation, just masculinity is a little different for them. Um, just in terms of like how they've had to live with masculinity. Um, so I know that this whole like concept of like, masculinity when it comes to like relationships for example like you know i think i'm comfortable enough within my masculinity like if i was to marry a woman i have no issues if she was to make more money than me right there's there's no stab to my ego right no mm. like i don't have this like need to be like i'm a man <laughs> i make the money and blah 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 no if you want to make more money than me make more money than me like whatever um, but i don't know necessarily if that's the same idea my dad has Right. Mm, I see. Um, but I would say, and this is probably gonna sound weird. I learned probably more about masculinity from my mom than I did my dad. Um, mm. And I would say that's just because I've had conversations about just like how to treat people and like how to treat women and all these different things with my mom, which had me really thinking about masculinity. So like, it would be things like my mom would say, well, you shouldn't call a woman a bitch. And I'd have to think about that. Like, huh, why, why would I, why would I not call her a bitch? <laughs> like, oh, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you were conflicted almost. <laughs> I was like, what? How dare you? You know, but like, yeah, that's valid. That's valid. <laughs> you know, so like, I think I learned a lot more about masculinity through, through those lenses, but I don't think I could recall a time where either of my parents had like, we had conversations around masculinity. Um, mm -hmm. um, I think that there was definitely conversations about like, this is how you should treat people. And sometimes how my mom told me or whether indirectly or directly, how to treat people clashed directly with masculinity and what, what I was socialized to believe about masculinity. And then there were some things gotcha. that my dad taught me about masculinity, whether indirectly or directly, that validated the, the norm of masculinity that we have currently. And so I had to really like figure out which, which one really makes more sense for me because there's not, I don't think there's a definition of masculinity that like is just perfect. Like it, it's right. so hard to like define masculinity. You really gotta just like figure it out for yourself. And, and so like, I, I think, with my parents per se, you know, I saw what I saw was, you know, the normal everyday masculinity that we see now, right? I see, oh, my dad wants to be breadwinner. My dad, you know, does this or my dad's idea of how to be a man, who to be a man and stuff like that. Whether it's like, you know, somebody talks about your mama, beat them up, you know, like stuff like that. Like, right like the, the things that in my head i went yeah that makes sense i hope somebody talks about my mama today to like really like reshifting those values like you know like as a man and 
I know that I was definitely taught how to punch before to have a casual conversation with somebody about how I'm feeling. And so I think that was definitely something that was uh, reaffirmed through <laughs> through the way that my dad, made. you know, my dad never said like, somebody has a conflict with you, you need to sit down and talk to him about why. You know, it was, I don't think my dad would ever say that. Yeah, you know, it was more so like, hey, if he's trying to throw them hands, you know, you know, let him know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, right, right. that's a big thing with masculinity is it's anger and, and aggression. And I think that mm. while I never lost a fight that I would have to bring home and tell my dad that I lost a fight, whether that was in school or me running in the streets. I think that if I ever lost a fight, my dad would tell me to go back out and fight again. Like, mm. like you're not you're not gonna lose a fight and then not retaliate. Yeah. I think a lot yeah. of that is like, you know, that's a big part of like masculinity is like your aggression and your anger is valid. That's a rightful emotion to have. But everything All else, right. shove that to the back of your head and go fight with anger. <laughs> so like, mm. um, I, I would say that's, that's something that my parents didn't necessarily like teach me, but it wasn't something that they taught me how to be out of, right? Um, and it didn't help that my parents had three boys, right? And so, you know, three boys and two girls. And so it was like, what do I teach the girls? What do I teach the boys? And then, or do I just teach them all the same thing? And that's essentially what they did teach us all the same thing um it, we just grew up in in a time and in a community and in a income bracket where anger and aggression was more likely to happen than mm. casual conversations like i i couldn't go to my local gang member and be like while i do not represent any of these gang sets I would prefer <laughs> you did not punch me in the face like i couldn't do that sir i have like, an I, issue I <laughs> I can't. I couldn't talk my way out of that, and I was like, "All right, it looks like I'm gonna lean on masculinity a little bit in this, yeah. in this sense, and think that I'm untouchable, and hopefully I don't get knocked out." But yeah, yeah. Um, I remember being taught that too. It's like even if you're fucking scared, don't show it. Like the moment, the moment that you see you're scared, they're gonna punk you. They're gonna fucking punk you. And I think, and I, whatever. I remember I was with somebody. Uh, I was with somebody, and it was back in high school. And I remember, fucking, we we just got out of line. We had all our shit in our, in our, and fucking, I think some random kid came up to my homie and was like, "Hey, dog, give me your milk." <laughs> he like gave him his milk, and he looked at me like, "Give me your milk." I'm like, "Fuck you!" And he just like was like, "Oh, I'm just playing, dog." And he like left, right? But I like in like in my mind, I saw it like he's just trying to see if he could get a free milk like this, like quick. And I looked at my homie, I'm like, "Bruh." Like, don't fucking give them your milk, dude. Like, just say something. Like, say something because they're just fronting anyways. At the end of the day, like, those, those are things that you almost learn, like, at a young age. Because I feel like I remember knowing that fairly fucking young, you know? Like, people are just going to – but the thing is, that can get you in trouble because there's going to be one day that motherfucker's not playing, you know what I mean? And so, of course, it's, it's you got to read the context and whatnot. And I even – you know, right when when you mentioned right, you mentioned um, you mentioned um, like the ways, you, uh, the ways your parents taught you, whether willingly or unwillingly, and I think that's an interesting concept because, like, 
I was thinking about this literally like a few days ago where, you know, I, I was trying to think about, because honestly, in all honesty, as, as much of a macho type my pops is, he's really not. He's a pretty docile person. You know what I mean? Like, he's not like out there. He doesn't really, like, I've never heard him even talk about a woman in a sexual way. You feel me? Like, I mean, I, I mean, I've seen his eyes wander, but I've never <laughs> heard him talk like anything. You know what I mean? And so, um, not to defend him, not to, but like, but I do fucking almost feel this sense of like, um, like he never got me in trouble, uh, at, in the house. If it came down to like me, like, not that I, like, well, maybe getting in fights, whether they're big or small. Like, I remember even one time, like, like I remember my dad getting mad at me for, like, playing violent video games. But if it came down to, like, a, a call from school, like, one time, you know, um, nothing crazy, but, like, amongst friends, things just got a little bit rowdy. And, like, me and this guy were just kind of fucking, like, you know, grabbing each other's shirt. And whatever one thing led to another and and you know fucking they called the house and dude i remember being so fucking afraid of my pops like like telling me like because i mean i think earlier earlier that year or so i had gotten in trouble for smoking weed in the back of the school and my dad my dad was so upset with me he didn't even take me to work like he didn't even want to see my fucking face you know and so when that happened i remember being afraid because i'm like dude i'm in trouble again he's gonna tell me something and he was just like, whatever, dude, fucking, um, you know, it's all good. But anyway, I kind of tripped out for a sec because I just realized the, the person who I had that little scuffle with, he recently passed away, actually. And so, um, um, uh, well, whatever, I'll give him a shout out. Fucking uh, Guzman from, uh, from Marching Band. I don't remember him, Carlos. Uh, I do, man. I do. Yeah, so, uh, you know, fucking rest in peace, my boy. You know, I, I know we had a little scuffle there, but, you know, it, it was, you know, it wasn't nothing big. But, uh, but anywho, yeah, fucking not, not to bring it down like that. Damn, it just kind of hit me. Sorry, I, I feel like I almost hesitated because I, I forgot and then I remembered, you know. But, uh, but no, you it's up, interesting. You brought, up a good, you brought up a good little point there, too. And I think this is where, like, like right now, currently in my journey is where I'm struggling also is – um. Like you're talking about how they, you know, they try to take your milk and you're like, fuck you. Right. And like, I think, I think if we're being honest with ourselves, we know like you don't need that approach to handle those mm -hmm. situations. You know, right. like, you no, said, most Jekyll, like we can have the conversations, but, but at the same time though, like shit like that is almost like, like reassuring of like, Oh, even though we are like, man, sometimes we do need to cuss some people out. Like, I, at least, at least me, like, I feel like that's where I'm struggling, where I'm like, no, like I, we need, I need to be better about just having conversations about being more patient, about being respectful and having a better approach. But there's still in that back of my head where sometimes I'm like, dog, people are going to take advantage of you, bro. You need to just fucking, you need to be an asshole sometimes and put your mm -hmm. foot. In. And so like, almost like finding that balance of like, Hey, you can still be stern you know, and, and put your foot down and stand your ground without needing to jump to the fuck you don't take my milk type of thing, you know? Right. And like, mm -hmm. and you know, and it's hard, man. It's hard because, you know, we try to practice, what is it? Practice what we preach. Right. And like, again, I feel like there's times where I was like, fuck, I'm in a different place, but in the back of my head, I'm still like, I don't know, dude, that was kind of bitchy, bro. You really just walked away. <laughs> like, you, know, you know what I mean? And it's like, is this me, is this me just oh, learning man. to grow and just holding on to my, my, you know, my roots and traumas or is this, me not learning my own values and my own worth and I need to stand my ground. Like 
it's it's a constant like little back and forth battle within myself you know um jq you mentioned uh you know obviously a little more of the aggression you growing up now <laughs> you talked about the outer world and you not fitting in when it came to your emotions um how was that at home though? Did you feel like you had a safe place at home to be yourself or was that also a struggle in, in your journey of being a man or becoming a man? Um, I would say because I grew up with, you know, uh, four other siblings, I think it was way easier to be myself because I saw okay. them more than I saw my parents because they worked literally all the time, you know? Oh, okay, uh, okay. You know, my mom worked doubles as a nurse. So I see her like what, six in the morning and nine o'clock at night and then my dad would work pest control until like 8 p.m and so it's like you know there's there's very small windows of like talking to my parents at that at a younger age and so I could be myself all day now I think where being myself um and like even exploring myself started to come become more of an issue I think it was middle school and I think middle school for the most of us was like the weirdest time we're really trying to figure out who the hell we are and what makes us laugh what kind of friends we want to be around and stuff and I remember like I used to be like oh, I don't want to fight nobody like I just want to kind of kick it and enjoy myself and stuff but I think like just having brothers um and mm -hmm. then I had a cousin who I also went to middle school with around my age they were very good at influencing me to be act out of character like mm. i remember one time we were um we were waiting for a ride after school because in middle school well most of k through 12 we had to either walk home which was like two hours and i'm not about to walk home or wait until like 5 yeah. p.m right and so i was like fuck it let's just wait until 5 p.m and so we tried to get into all the after school programs and stuff like that but we ended up getting kicked out out of all of them because we were just rowdy kids but one day this happened on two occasions. So the first occasion, right, me, my brother, and my cousin were just waiting after school. And you know, boys, we just talk about fighting and stuff like that. So they're talking about fighting. And they're like, do you think you can beat up so-and-so? Do you think you can beat up so-and-so? And then there was one of our kind of friends. And they were like, I bet you can beat Jaquil's ass. And this is where trying to use my emotions backfired. I said, sir, you do not want to do that. We are camaraderie we're friends we don't need to do that like i care for you and he goes, i will beat you kill's ass and then that's where the masculinity came in like, Hold up, you can't whoop my ass like I was like, don't let them get your ass whooped and then this is where the the whole toxic masculinity just rose in and took over and aggression just came in and he was like so what you trying to do and i was like okay i guess i'm fighting today even though that's not what i really want to do and then i remember like uh, it was a very short scuffle. I remember he pushed me. He was about six foot and he started choking me. And I just like jump punched him in his eye. And then he stopped. And then he was like, ow. Like, that didn't hurt. Stop being a bitch. He was like, it really hurt. And he sat down and we just waited for my parents to pick me up. And so it was one occasion where I was like, damn, I really, that's not me. I, I, I went home in the car. I was like, yes trophy i whooped his ass and then in the house i'm just like felt like shit this isn't that's not me that's it's not something that i want to do now don't get me wrong the grown-up jaquille will definitely fight somebody if i have to like i would throw hands if i need to that's not my first go-to though like, i don't want to um and then like i think 
because I grew up in such a like very affirming household, like with my siblings at least, like they were like, oh, you can like that, you can like this. I mean, definitely at times it's called bitches and shit, but that's like sibling shit. Right. They're right. very much like, oh, just be who you are. Like, I don't give a shit. And so like there was never an issue of like expressing like those type of emotions like crying or anger or frustration or fear and stuff. Um, I think that once my dad was home a lot more growing up, I was less inclined to be emotional because I was afraid of what my dad might say, mm. um, which ended up turning into repression anyways. And, but I, I just was like, nah, I can't cry. My dad's home. <laughs> like it was stuff mm. like that. You know? mm. um, but I would say for the most part, I was in a household where like I could be myself without any issues, but that's probably due to like my parents working all the time and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. See. yeah. Uh, so, so what the fuck you up to now, dog? So now you you you're a fucking bona fide poet. Uh, you you you're a CEO of a what of a fucking yeah not some fucking big Amazon type business, <laughs> right? Mike, right? You got a big podcast. Man, what you up to, dude? I mean, dude, so much. Shit. Hey, I heard the teaser. I heard the intro, bro. I'm fucking. I'm excited to listen to it, dude. You got, man. you got some, some good shit coming out, man. I'm glad we have you on now before you're getting all famous and shit, because I know you won't make time for us later. <laughs> oh man, I'll forget about the little people, man. No, <laughs> yay! <laughs> but, That's uh, us. Thank That's you. Us. Thank you. <laughs> no, I think um. So, one thing you know, I, I work in higher ed. You know, after. You know, I've been working in higher ed for like 10 years now, which is crazy to think about because I'm like, shit, I'm getting old, you know, <laughs> but. Um, How old are you, bro? I'm 28. Okay. So it's right like, on, right on. like when you think about it, I was like, when I turned 28, I was like, damn, look at all these dumbasses going to be in their late 30s. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm almost there. <laughs> dude, I, I was 28 when I started at the village, dude. Yeah. See? And then you're, now you're like. Oh shit! I, know. I forgot what I was telling about. Like I was like, I remember when I when I started community college, and I would see like older older people in the class, and I'd be like, "Dude, you're like fucking thirty. Like, what the fuck are you doing in here?" Like, I had good conversations with them. Honestly, oh, like I, now, I I thought that too. I, I would have like these judgments, but like I always remember. I mean, I I felt like I was, in the classroom. I'm pretty social. Uh, just because I feel like that's a safe, that was always been a safe space for me to be social, you uh -huh. know, because the teacher is there. If someone's going to be a butt to you, so I could always just tell on them. Ha! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> no, but for real, dude, like fucking, I remember talking to some older folks. Dude, they would always be so wise. I'd be like, damn, dude. Oh, yeah. That's true. I I've always, well, Mark I mean, like, not in, not in college, but even like, I mean, I remember being a freshman and like all the seniors, like, I always tried, I always tried to like, talking to older folks like and just picking their brains and just absorbing as much as i could but i like it's just funny because i remember that like i remember looking back and just thinking like damn bro like being all judgy and thinking that. and now like i look back and i'm like dude yeah. they were probably the, the they were probably the only ones there with the fucking purpose hell like, yeah dude the majority of us were just like we're just going with the flow because you know we want our parents off our back and they're like yeah. yo i'm here because i'm in a different place in my life and like i Man. have a fucking direction i'm gonna take yeah. it i, I want to learn about statistics god damn it <laughs> yeah they yeah. cut off no you're good um, <laughs> community college was like i think i was surrounded by the most older people around that time and mm. ain't nothing like an old wise black woman telling you about her journey in class like yes. i could sit there and she'd be like look 
when I was your age, ooh, I was doing this and I was doing be like, <laughs> I'd be like, damn, like you got like 50. math. And I know this shit is not not the best. Like <laughs> Yeah. And so, but you know, yeah, so I've been working in higher ed, uh, still working in higher ed, trying to get out of higher ed while at the same time loving it. Um, I know I think what keeps me here is like being able to support students and really seeing students who are just like me and just being like, man, I fucking hate school, but like, I gotta be here if I wanna do stuff. And being able to be like, look, there's a way to like school and hate it at the same time and benefit from it. And I was like, and this is how you do it, right? Um, so it, there's always that higher ed stuff, but outside of higher ed, you know, it's it's always the poetry. I I will always write poetry and, you know, that's just been my thing. It's been my avenue for for pretty much everything in my life, whether it's expressing my emotions, or whether it's, you know, helping people see things from different perspectives, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, just to encourage dialogue, which, you know, which really helps me personally. And if I could share that with people, that's great. Um, and then there's, you know, nonprofit CEO me. And there you go. Uh, <laughs> and I think, and that's, that's most like Project Speaks and, and what we do, you know, in, in our efforts and like really just trying to educate and provide service to the, these communities in need. Like, I think it all started when I was in community college and like I had a group of friends and we just had a conversation about like, dude, there is nothing going on in our community that supports black and brown folk. Right. And uh, I was just like, you know, like we see all these issues at the community college, right, with us, we have a, such a powerful student voice with being able to be like, we want more programming for black students, or we want more programming for brown students, we want more funding for this. Um, and being like, but there's nothing like that in our community, right? I, and I think when I created it back in 2012, it was like, I had an epiphany moment where I was like, I've been at the community college doing all this student activism, proud that we got 300 people to come to an event then I would go right back to my neighborhood and there's gang violence and there's all these different things that, and I'm like, why aren't we addressing the issues in our community? And so that's what started it. And so this, this podcast idea, like back when I, in 2015, when I started to work at the community college um, as a full-time professional, um, I think the biggest thing people were telling me, like, talk about your student experience, right? We want to know what it was like going to, undergrad and coming back and I was like yeah I'm gonna do a podcast like and then I was like I don't have the time the energy the money the <laughs> the equipment to even try to do a podcast <laughs> you know and and then for some odd reason years passed and now I decided oh let's go to grad school and so all of those ideas about podcasting just got put on hold um and then 2020 hits and I graduated and COVID hits and now I'm in my apartment with a lot of time and a lot of energy and newfound income because of my newfound opportunities because of education. And I'm like, I can do it now. But now I have more experiences to talk about. Like most of I could talk about what my experience was like as a grad student, as a working professional in housing, as like just an, being an educator, teaching a class, being young in the, in the classroom. Like I could talk about all these different things because these are things that people don't necessarily get to hear unless they ask you directly. Like, and like, I remember just having conversations with, with people, like whether it was Santi or other people who I've come in contact with, 
in my higher ed journey, just about shit we experienced, like just being like, and having to like think about, were they racist or not? Like, and just be like, oh, I don't really know. But you know, so I, I like having to have those conversations, right? And so all I'm doing in, is literally taking the conversations that I have with these people that I've met or the people who've been in my higher ed journey and putting them out for people to hear them. Because some of these conversations people need to hear. Because there's yes. been conversations that I've had with Santi for sure that I've walked away like, damn, if somebody else could have heard that, you better change one student's mindset, you know, like. At least. Yeah, at least, you know. And so that's what the, the goal of the podcast is. And I think the crazy thing, since I've received my master's, so many more people want to work with my nonprofit. And I'm like, I'm still the same person. Like all that added was the MS. And I'm like, that's mm. all it took for you to start to want to donate for you to get involved. I'm like, damn. Mm. For you to want some training, for you to like do all these things. And I'm grateful. I'm completely grateful that people are reaching out now and people want to donate. I mean, I'm pretty sure like, you know, white guilt has a lot to do with it, with what's going on in the world and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. Also people seeing a need for their, whether it's their institutions or organizations for like understanding different populations. Um, and, and so I think like, that's, that's one of the big things is like, so many people are like, Hey, we want, we want you to come and do social justice training for three hours. And I'm like, three hours. And they're like, we'll pay you five grand. And I'm like, yeah, I'll come and do it for three hours. I was like, via zoom for three hours. Oh, all right, I can do it. Fine. So like a lot more money's been going into the nonprofit. And so now, I'm able to do things that we we initially set because I had to put so many things on the back burner because yeah. of it. Like before starting grad school, everybody else who's a part of my nonprofit, they were all in school. So I was like, oh, I can't do that. And then when they all stopped going to school, I started going to school. So I was like, well, that's put on the back burner. And then now that we're all out of school, we're all like, yo, we have a, a tremendous opportunity with COVID right now. Yeah. And we have a tremendous opportunity with like none of us being in school. So like, let's really plan for the future with the, with the nonprofit. And so being able to do more holistic training, I'm trying to provide more scholarships now. And now that I'm getting all these bookings, I'm gonna be able to put on like, I think like around $20,000 worth of scholarships that I'll be able to like give out to people, Fuck, yeah, which, dude. which is really great. And so like right now we're working on creating just descriptions for those because like you have to have a description for some reason um and just trying to figure out a selection process right um not that i'm trying to exclude people from getting uh an academic scholarship but i i definitely want the money to go to people who actually need it um yeah. absolutely then, absolutely um another thing is i'm trying to work with more organizations that are like-minded whether that's like they focus on a particular area whether that's like community work or advocacy work or whatever I'm trying to work with them more just to get that area kind of like, look, we're here to support you if you need support. Um, and then also just like bringing awareness, whether that's awareness of the experiences of like people of color or mainly I talk from like my perspective as a black man, but I want people to understand the experiences of like all these marginalized groups because as we see in society, it's not <laughs> as black and white as people once thought. 
Like the things that we've right. been saying for the last, I don't know, thousands of years, people are like, oh, I guess there are some some type of mistreatment happening with people. And you're like, yeah, like you think we're just out here just screaming for like justice for no reason? Like we're complaining for no reason. Um, and so trying to get that out there and then just promoting things that like make sense. Like I I think going back and just having conversations about things that we were taught throughout K through 12, um, like, and it, it, it kind of sparks what, what I want to do. And that's like the biggest thing about being the founder and CEO. I get to choose whatever the hell I want to do with the money. Yes. I fundraiser I like donate like I use a lot of my own personal money for the things that we do because like what else am I spending my money on and so like I was having a conversation with a friend and she was literally reminiscing about growing up um it's like have you ever read a book in like K through 12 by a black or brown author and I went I don't think so like everything I read in K through 12 was by white people and I was just like that's crazy so what I'm trying to do now is I'm just going to do like a book a month and I'm going to put a book up there and I'm going to be like, Hey, this is the book that you should read for this month. It could be anything from a black or brown author or any kind of like marginalized author. And then I'm like, look, if I can find the digital copy, I'll buy the digital copy. And if you want the digital copy for free, I'll just give it to you. And so like, we're trying to do that and just a lot of shit. Like we're just, we're just trying to do so much right now. And it's um, never enough, huh? Yeah. It, because then I go back to the drawing board, like so many people need support and like, yeah. 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 And I'm like, and I'm not, I'm not this huge organization with millions of dollars in government backing. And I don't want to be like, I don't want to be so big as a nonprofit where other organizations want to just work with me just for the namesake. Like, I don't want to be boys and girls, right. Club, you know, like, yeah, you have a good purpose, but like everybody wants to work with boys and girls club because it's boys and girls club. Right. I'm like, I, I want to be Project Speaks and I want to be a local nonprofit that provides locally. And if I hit some people nationally, cool. But I'm just trying to hit those local people and give people information, give people resources and provide that education. It, it's, I think now I, I feel so much more confident and happy with doing it because I'm, I have the education that I want. I have the resources that I need and, and I can reach out to the people that I need that I know is about that work. Um, so it really helps. And uh, yeah, so like, yeah, I'm doing so much shit. It's, it's ridiculous. It's badass, man. That's dope. I love that. I love that. I, I actually, <laughs> I did want to um, bring up like kind of even at a smaller scale, you know, you talk about, you know, um, issues, the lack of resources sometimes in our communities, right. That like you're trying to tackle and like something just, just very simple. Like that I think is why it's another constructive, uh, another reason to have constructive conversations is like, you know, we talk a lot about becoming these modern machos, right? Like embracing a lot of things that we're doing to become better men. And like something that really stood out from your story, dude, which I really appreciate you sharing was, you know, it's easy to say that we can hold ourselves accountable and become better fucking people uh but like i don't think a lot of us even take a second to think about like our surroundings you know and it's like like in your case you know you could i mean i i feel almost grateful now looking back at like really i never had like an environment where i felt the pressure of needing to be a fucking tough guy that had to fight i didn't man like for me it was just like it was in my head it was my culture that told me i needed to do it 
you know, but like to go to school, like with, with family and stuff like that, where it's like, yo, this is what we do. Like I'm, I almost put, try to put myself in, in your shoes and I'm so, I feel like I'm so much more understanding of other journeys and of other men. And I'm a lot more compassionate towards it. Cause I put myself in his shoes and I'm like, damn, if you try to be a modern macho and be like, yo, I'm just going to chill out and not do this. It's like, bro, everyone around you is pushing you to fucking fight. Like how, how do you fight that? Like, it's like, yes, you hold yourself accountable, but especially when we're that young, like how, how much control do we really have over these things? You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot harder for, for us to really do that when you can't just easily say like, all right, I'm gonna walk away and find a new set of friends, yeah. you know, or yeah. I'm going to step away from these situations and not do it. It's like, dude, when you're, when you're, when you're stuck in, 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 in a community like this, like you almost have to play the part, you know, it's like, you got to play the part. And, and that's something that I think is, is important to, to kind of like look back now and reflect and just like, be aware because I'm sure a lot of us struggle with those things too. Like some of those things we feel are out of our control and make it very difficult to step out of that, you know, step out of those comfort zones and, 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 and create these norms when the world around us is just like, it's fucking pushing against us, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. There's, there's so much, right. When it comes to that. And when it, I think too, like what helped me shift, like, between thinking like that because i was stuck in that like how do you fucking fight this like do i right like, fuck it and just go with the norm or do i just like very obviously go against it and then face criticism and face all these different things and so for me the way that i've kind of like transformed my thinking on masculinity work right that inner work that we do is like i need to stop being like there's going to be a moment where i perfect it i think for me it was like I just yeah. need to get to the point where I figured out a system to realize where my toxic traits are and why they're happening and make sure that I'm continuously working on them, but also understanding there's definitely always going to be moments where that masculinity that I was raised and taught is going to come out. And so it was, it was that, sure. that kind of idea is like, and I try to lead with that too, when I'm having conversations with people and stuff, especially trainings, right? I'm like, by no means, do I not make mistakes as a dude who's advocating, right? Like as someone who's advocating for like whatever marginalized group, by no means do I, am I perfect? Like, do I still say bitch? Absolutely. Like, do I know what's wrong? <laughs> I'm working on it, you know, like, but when you're raised in a way where that's like so normal, you got to like figure out how to cut back and cut back and cut back. And, that, yeah. and that's not yes. to say that like, I'm justifying saying what I say or doing what I'm doing. I'm saying that I'm normal and I'm working on it. <laughs> like, and that's what, I love that. what I've tried to normalize for myself because like, you know, being so embedded in social justice work, like I am, like, I think I get criticized for every little thing that I do that goes against the things that I've been talking about. Like I could be like, Oh, we need to you know realize our privileges and blah, blah, blah. And then, I fucking go and start cutting women off while I'm having conversations. And they're like, see, you're just like the rest of them. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'm working on this shit. Okay. Like, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Right. It's a process. And I was like, and I'm trying to do better and I'm not justifying it, but I'm trying to do better. Right. And so that's, and that's like trying not to beat myself up, but mm -hmm. also being like, yo, you fucked up, Jaquille. Like, yeah, I acknowledge that shit. You fucked up, but you got to keep working on it. Keep working on it. Don't give up just because you fucked up. And so that, that's mm. what really helps me with the, the, the work, this masculinity work is being like, you're going to fuck up. It's going to happen. 
Yeah, like, I love that, dude. I love that <laughs> a lot. Yeah, and just acknowledge. Just being, it, like, yeah. yeah, there it was. I fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. staying genuine, that, staying authentic, man. That's what that accountability piece is so important too, man. This is without it, like you know, you fucking, you really don't have a purpose, you know, like you, yeah. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to ultimately. Because like you, like, you know, you said you're going to fuck up, man. Nobody's perfect. And I mean, I think I've even mentioned that on here before. Like, that's why I feel like even that, like, I, I, I understand the, you know, when it comes to cancel culture, like, I can understand, like, if if warranted canceling someone, like, how that could be beneficial. Because if someone is just spewing dumb shit that's, you know, whatever, that's just insightful. There's no purpose for that. Right. Uh, but I also feel like to assume that like, even the, 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 the people who are at the front lines of, of advocacy work are perfect. Like, bruh, like, let, let's be honest. They come on. Let, let's, you know, if we want to cancel, like people, let, let's fucking cancel people. We're going to cancel everybody yeah. <laughs> by the end of the day, you know, because yeah. everyone's, you know, has, has something. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what I think, I think the best, like the most progress that's really made, like especially when we're, like when we're talking about masculinity, right? Like I feel like the real progress is actually made, not even when we're discussing about the things to work on, but when we're put in those situations, you know, like Jaquil could be talking about toxic masculinity. I could be talking about toxic this, shadow work and accountability and blah, blah, blah. But then Jaquil or myself or even Santi can be put in a situation where it's like, hey, you fucked up. And then we, and you know, like I know myself where I'm like, oh shit, like my bad. But you know why I didn't catch that? And I feel like that right there is like the real progress. Like, look, this is, this is where we are being different. Like, you, you know, like Jaquil, this is where it shows like, hey dude, you know what I mean? Like, I know, like we're practicing what we preach, you know, like I, we're, it's good that we're trying to deliver a message, but it's like, damn, I almost feel like when we take a second to reflect who we are as people, it's like, damn, Jaquil. And, and I can tell you just from the few times that we've talked, dude, and like the way you carry yourself, like you're, you're a stand-up guy, you're a solid dude. And I feel like that, that right there is like, that's, that's the progress and the change in, in this masculinity that we're looking. Even if Jaquil wants to give me the 30-page essay that he read on, you know, <laughs> toxic masculinity over generations, like that stuff is still good. But I feel like the, the real stuff, like that makes it credible, you know, that makes it like legit where you can go, oh, we can listen to each other. It's like, oh, look at the way, look at the way they're acting when they do have differences. When you have two guys that, that are not relating on something and they're handling shit like grown-ass men, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and that's where I think to me, like, that's, that's the real progress. And, yeah. uh, yeah, man, I, I just, I want to congratulate you, dude, on, on your success on the things you're doing, man. Like hey, send you nothing but, but love and, and, <laughs> you know, con- continued success, dude. And, you know, I, I, I hear your passion on everything you discuss and I'm sure you'll go, you'll go far in places and you're going to keep doing your thing. Like, I love it, man. It gets me all hyped up and motivated to, to keep doing what I'm, I feel, I tell Santi all the time. I feel like, I feel like a virgin in the game still, you know, like I'm still trying to figure it all out, but I'm like, dude, you know, hearing people's journeys and people's uh, success and the things they're doing, I'm like, dude, that's so badass. Like it's so validating to know that there's more of us that are really trying to push forward with all this, you know? Yeah. It's, I think um, the biggest question, right. Um, and I guess it wouldn't be authentic to kill if I didn't say anything wise, right? Um, I think one of the biggest things is like, you know, for us is like, who are engaging in the masculinity work? It's like, what are you saying about your masculinity when there's nobody to impress or nobody to criticize you? Mm-hmm. Like what, 
Yeah. What are you confronting? Like, how do you have that conversation with your masculinity when those two things aren't even in, in the room, when it's just you and masculine, mm. right? Yeah. No repercussions, no, no, no criticism, no, this is how you should be, this is how you shouldn't be, when it's just you, and you're not trying to impress anybody. Oh, I'm a stand-up dude. I would never do that to you as a man, right? Mm -hmm. When it's just you and masculinity, what are you saying? What kind of conversation is, is being had? Because you know, yeah. at the end of the day, you have to live with your masculinity and your ideas of masculinities and the repercussions of how you behave in society. So For sure. what do you say to yourself? <laughs> like, and yeah, there's man, be honest with yourself, man. For me, it was, there was a lot of times where I was like, fuck you, masculinity. And a lot of other times where I was like, masculinity, I'm so sorry. You're like, please. I'm so sorry. What do you say? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a yeah. good question. And I mean, it comes down to the shadow work that's still to be done. You feel me? And that, that, uh, yep, that's valid. That was so validating, bro. <laughs> huh, dude. I mean, I'm like, definitely like, I feel like, uh, that in the episode that we talked about it, like I feel like that that's just scratching the surface. I think the true shadow work, sure. and it's gonna it's gonna be internal. You feel me? And like, what are what are gonna be those conversations that you have with with the different sides of yourself? You know what I mean? Because um, it's all a part of you. You know what I mean? Um, it's all a part of you. So um, yeah, man. Th fucking dude, I I can't fucking thank you enough, GQ, for fucking coming on and like sharing all this shit, dude. Like, I mean, and most definitely, bro. I mean, I think I think um, fucking we like what we're trying to fucking build here is really a community of people who are coming on here and have this be a space of of sh you know uh, like a safe space, a fucking a space of of, of genuine sharing. Uh, authenticity you know what i mean like really us fucking vibing off of different conversations and growing essentially you know what i mean really mm -hmm. developing into into whatever the fuck it is that you know we we think is righteous you know what i mean and i, I mean whatever i don't want to put a fucking title to it or whatever I, I don't know what that's gonna look like you know and i don't even know if i ever really attain it or any of us will feel me but but i mean i am thankful to have you in my life fucking have you that fucking i mean i feel like we always had deep ass conversations right before we went to bed you know mm -hmm. and we're just fucking talking about x y and z and it's just like you're right dude like i, I mean like for me, I guess what trips me out in terms of like why I'm so grateful is that I was able to have that with another male. You know what I mean? Because I, I feel like a lot of these conversations that I've had growing up have been with females, predominantly female. And so, but when so when I'm able to have that relationship with another dude, like I I value it so much because it's like I, I feel like I don't have to code switch. I feel like I could just you know. I mean, and, and you know, not not to say that that would be a drastically different Santi, but it might, you know what I mean? Because, like like you mentioned, you know, sometimes like maybe you're around people that your behavior changes a little bit, and it's like, what the fuck, like you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, of course, we, I think ultimately, like we just want to be consistent. But once again, thank you. And if you could just want one time, real quick, shout out all like um, your your IGs or like your throw podcast because I know you got a few. Yeah, throw it all out there, please. All right. Um, my poetry slash personal Instagram. Uh, I am Jaquil Harris. Um, Jaquil as in J A K E E L H A R R I S. Um, my nonprofit Instagram. Uh, Project Speaks Inc. Uh, Project Speaks Inc. Um, 
and podcast is on Spotify. It's wherever else Spotify puts it. But um, you could also find that on the nonprofit website, uh, www.projectspeaksinc.org. And you could also find me and all my glory on my website at www.jaquillrharris.com. Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's all my stuff. I think I may have more, I don't even know. But <laughs> tune in uh, to the podcast if you want to. Uh, you know, reach out to me if you want to reach out to me for anything. I'm always up for conversation. Oh, yeah, what dude. And Once again, uh, a big thank you to our listeners. This for Thursday. Love, for all the support. Yes, this Thursday we're doing our first of many, 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 many social hours. Uh, we've, we made that call that we know that this is good, but just like this is important for community purposes, I think um, just having genuine conversation with other dudes, right? Constructive things about how we're feeling, how we're doing. Uh, so Thursday, uh, seven, I'm sorry, six to 8 PM Pacific time. Pacific. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting, we're getting on zoom. So we'll put the link up, put it out on the bio, come out, have a drink or don't come talk to us. Um, come hang out. You know, again, we want to thank everyone that, that tunes in with us, that checks in. Don't, don't uh, hesitate to send us insight, maybe some questions, topics, advice. We're not professionals, but we'll, we'll give you our thoughts and we're more than willing to, to chop it up. So keep reaching out. Other than that, gentlemen, I'm, I'm good for tonight. I'm good too. Uh, everyone have a good night. And th- once again, thank you, Jaquil. Appreciate it, brother. No problem. No problem. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Peace. Ay, cari. Tierra de mi gel de rosa, Mi amor es macho Llega y sol